Welcome to the New Books Network. Good morning, good evening, good night, NBN Entrepreneurship and Leadership. Personally, I'm fascinated by the story. Trust is an underrated weapon in the business landscape. I'm a really, really strong believer in learning by doing. What's the definition of success? You're trying to come up with an answer to the question. But go ahead, Richard. Uh, You could be right, but you're wrong. (laughs) Good morning, good evening, good night, Entrepreneurship and Leadership Channel listener to the NBN podcast. Today, we've got a very special guest with us, Greg Rook, and we're recording this together with my business partner and co-host, Kimon Fontakidis. Greg, could you possibly introduce yourself in the way that you would if you just met someone at a party or, I don't know, a business networking meeting? Uh, Hi, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, It's it's good to be there. And um, for for anyone who's in my network, I'm just running uh, some ventures, internet ventures. Uh, Actually, quite a few of them uh, for the past 14 years I've been running, you might say, Polish Skillshare, which is eduweb.pl a website with video courses on different technology topics. But apart from that, I run, uh, multi- I run multiple projects around the world and around the web, but all of them technology projects. So I have um, uh, some info products. I also have a SaaS company and a fintech, and I'm also in education. So, so this is really interesting for me. So all of those projects, I kind of like run myself with co-founders and the small team around us. And all of them... Um, I've bootstrapped, so so I don't I didn't raise any money. So this is like uh, uh, all all me in in the projects. Are you actually um, are you would you consider yourself an investor or more, are you more hands on? You're actually yeah. uh, like to do like the dirty work yourself. Yeah, I'm more, more hands on, uh, like uh, you know nose down in the project guy uh, who is doing all of the you know, nitty gritty of the, of the project. But uh, of course, throughout the years, it, it, my focus has been shifting. So, so the, the, the beginnings of, of my career were more about UI and UX and web design. And I've also re- learned how to code. And then obviously, as I had more and more projects, uh, I, I tried to outsource as many things as possible. But I, I tried to stay like on the cutting edge of technologies, uh, so that I can, you know, orchestrate all of the uh, all of the elements, all of the bits and pieces of the business, and also oftentimes I, I just, you know, um, I, I do a, I do it myself, just like you know, for the the product. I'm the product. I'm I'm really product focused. So, so I need the product to be to be really good, and uh, you know, oftentimes it's not easy to to make a per- perfect product. What, when you start up, when you start many projects, and you you don't have uh, like a solid team around the project, so founders uh, just have to do everything that has to be that have to be done. And um, yeah, this is me. <laughs> Interesting. And and in terms, I mean, I, I in a prior conversation, I got the impression that you're doing pretty well financially from EduWeb, and so it might be interesting for people listening to figure out what motivates you. I think when you say project, I, I convert that to business. They're actually like, I don't know if they're all business projects, but basically you're running multiple businesses and you're in a situation where probably you don't have to do that. You've got, you're getting enough money from Edward to mean that you could just like, Sorry, what, uh, Richard, what you're, you very, you're mentioning a, uh, 
EduWeb? What is that? I don't know what... Uh, uh, Greg mentioned it in his introduction. Uh, uh, so EduWeb is like Skillshare in Poland. Okay, 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 okay. It's, it's, it's like an online learning platform. You sign up and pay for courses, and it's so big. That's, maybe, the main, that's the main thing. I don't know, Greg. Is it, is Edu, in terms of... I, I mean, I don't know how much personal financial information you want to share. I mean, if you can give us your, your personal balance sheet, your net wealth, and how much money you make every minute. But, like, I got... I'm obviously yeah. trying to joke there. Um, what sort of scale is EduWeb in terms of people or, or maybe annual revenues or something like that. Could you share that? Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, I'm an open book. It's it's pretty big uh, in terms of Poland, but it's pretty small if you if you count like you know uh, international projects. So so Poland still has this um, kind of a ceiling for for people willing to learn technology, and Eduweb is pretty big. It, it, over the years, it has uh, over two hundred thousand clients, and uh, every month, like maybe forty or fifty thousand people. Uh, visit the website and learn and we have um, uh, over 2,000 subscriptions uh, so basically it's it's pretty big but as you might imagine it's Poland because it's um, the courses that we do are in Polish so so you know you have some capacity of the market and um, and throughout the years I've been making a lot of uh, different decisions about how uh, Adweb's business um, would be you know going and uh, the big money you might say in the education business is more in the companies like B2B. So, you know, offering courses and trainings to businesses, um, various sizes, but mostly bigger businesses. But at some point I, I just decided not to do it and not to scale this way. So, so obviously I, I, I probably cut uh, a lot of like income that could come through there, but instead I decided to uh, to fuel motivated people who are willing to change their lives, maybe through technology and, uh, uh, you know, find job in IT and, uh, and also uh, to, to have some passionate people that, that are giving the, the knowledge out to, to, to the ones that actually listen. Because I discovered that in companies it works like, you know, um, I don't know if you know benefit card in Poland, but this is just like a perk for, for an employee and not necessarily he uses that and and um, then there's all sorts of a problem so I don't want to do a, a product uh, which no one uses or no one wants to use because he's told to <laughs> so so instead I, I prefer those uh, you know uh, tech, technology geeks who basically learn from our courses and the courses that we do are pretty special in terms that we do them in-house so we record uh, most of the courses in our studios and we select people who we know who are really experts in their have, have have real expertise in their field so this is not like a udemy model where anywhere anyone comes and creates a course and there are better and worse courses and then they cannibalize themselves what we do is we try to like make if you want to learn photoshop we try to have like one course for photoshop which is really great you know you can learn photoshop from here and uh, not like hundreds of, horse, of courses for photoshop because nowadays those um, those platforms they become more of a, like a YouTube you know thing of instructors trying to sell uh, you know with discounted price we don't do that so it's pretty much different model. So it's so, so, it's, well. so so it's cur curated and and Justin but I was asking about like how what motivates you to choose like you make enough money out of EduWeb to mean that you, you if you didn't want to do anything else you you, oh, yeah. you don't have to do so why are you setting up all these additional businesses and projects if you may and like can you give a sense of the annual revenue of EduWeb like how big is it as a business well um 
right now I, I don't have the data on my on plate because uh, we we are we are switching our company um, like we 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 created another company it's it's you might say it's in um, in um, low um, it's 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 a few mil in Poland Polish Lotus uh, but right now we are integrating different um, different services into Edweb that previously I was running in with different companies. So I have multiple sources of income coming to Edweb right now. The the main income that, that I mentioned, like Fumil, is from um, is from uh, the courses and the subscriptions. But now we also integrate the programs in it. So so like the, the programs are basically cohort-based courses that I used to do on with my private company and now I'm I'm just accumulating the income so that I can focus more on different projects and hopefully this will be this will be more if you count this income from the programs but uh, you you might you, you have to um, take into consideration that the, the fact that Edweb is pretty small like it's a small company it's only a few people because over the years I I didn't want to scale it that much I wanted this to stay like you know, independent and focus on, on professionals and people willing to, you know, uh, learn technology and and uh, and work in IT. So, this is why I um, decided to not not to scale it with people, not to hire a lot. Like I had a lot of people on board, and then I decided to just automate uh, the heck out of Edweb and create a like maybe self-sustaining platform. And to answer your question, why why am I picking up this this different project? It's partly because I've automated all of what I wanted to automate out of Edweb. And uh, it's pretty easy to run this project for me right now. So I have some time to uh, to explore and to run some other ventures. But I also believe that this is very true to the Edweb's nature because I'm also fueling Edweb with different uh, content myself. I'm an author. I create courses as well. But then I, I, I give the... The, the direction where, where it's heading. I, I search for people who are willing to create the courses. And for this, I need some space uh, so that I can explore different technologies. But this also gives me the opportunity to start new projects. And um, when you know a lot about different technology, it's hard not to start those projects because you see opportunities everywhere if you have like entrepreneurial um, uh, personality like uh, myself. So so I try to be uh, honest. Um, in Edweb, I try to fill Edweb with the, the most current and the best content out there. So I have to seek some opportunities outside. And this is how I get to know people. This is how I uh, also develop myself. And this is a project that I run for 14 years. So to be honest, th there also has to be some space for me to just, you know, uh, breathe. Experiment. And, uh, to experiment yeah. a bit. Yeah, I yeah, love the fact that you use the word uh, project. For business, for anybody yeah. listening, <laughs> it really project <laughs> equals business. This is an entrepreneurship podcast, and all these projects that Greg is talking about are actually businesses. I, I do love the um, the software. I mean, that's like the p appealing thing about the software business because I totally hear what you're saying. You don't even have to have like massive revenue to be to make a ton of money and to, to be super profitable. If you, as you said, if you you just have, only have a couple of people working and it's a self sustaining, fully automated uh, platform. That's always been like that's the uh, what do you call it the gold at the end of the rainbow that everybody everybody wants when it comes to the uh, when it comes to uh, software businesses. 
But Greg, so let's, uh, you know, you seem like a young guy uh, you, and you've already achieved a lot. Maybe you can just go back in time a little bit and tell us um, your story. I mean, like, you know, uh, I, I guess you're Polish. <laughs> you're living in Warsaw. Uh, but maybe just tell us, like, how did you how did you get started? You know, uh, were you always interested in, 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 in business? Were you always interested in 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 software when you were when you were young yeah. and maybe just let's let's hear the, the the background a little bit yeah it's it, it's it's closely connected to to technologies and i've been um, i've been i'm 35 right now i've been working um in it since i was like a teenager probably so so i started maybe 14 uh and this is not unusual right now but but you know i'm 35 so uh imagine like pre youtube pre facebook pre everything so so I basically started uh, out with, um, the, the, I, I played video games like everyone, but then I, I figured out that I want to, <clears throat> instead of playing, maybe uh, do something for, for the players. So I made websites and I started with Flash technology. Then uh, I started to create like simple Flash websites and uh, working for an agency in Wuch, where I'm from. Um, Hold on so a second, Greg, when you, I'm just really curious, because this is the stuff that we love to try to figure out what are the, because you're clearly very entrepreneurial, but what are the seeds? So when you were making, you said you're making stuff for the other players, was it just, was it something that you could sell or was it just you were being helpful and creating tools and forums? Yeah. I'm not sure what you were creating, uh, but. At the time, right? You, you, yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was just like you know, a passion of mine. I didn't, I didn't think of like financially. If you're 15, you don't think much about it. So basically, you do anything that excites you, and that was what I was doing. Uh, so for a teenager, it's it's super easy, right? But but uh, pretty early, I started working uh, in in high school. I started working for an agency in which uh, creating different. Uh, they were creating websites, and I was helping them earning like a small money really like they 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 probably took like uh a uh, hundred times than i than i uh they did <laughs> they paid 100x. so it was, it was it was it was win 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 but they won more than you right <laughs> yeah that's right i mean yeah i i won uh, also because i've learned a lot in the process and uh then i um then i went to warsaw like for for studies i didn't study tech i wanted to i i at first i i was like uh uh, thinking of studying, um, but there was like I, I felt that I know how to code. I felt that I know how to make websites, and there was not much to offer for at the time. Right now, it's it's much more uh, in in the universities here in Warsaw. But I went to study law in Warsaw instead, so I, oh, I, wow. I finished. Yeah, so I'm a lawyer. Basically, I finished law. The conservative but, route. Your parents were happy with that, I'm sure. Uh, because, probably, you know, yeah, you... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was never their their uh, their dream. Uh, to be honest, I was like figuring out what to study, and um, partly what what interests me, like law, is uh, is pretty broad, and I like the intellectual, you know, uh, discoveries in law. You can, uh, I like the arguments, I like the logic. I don't like much, uh, you know, L. Uh, I don't like much more about being a lawyer and I never meant to be a lawyer and um, I, I don't I'm not in this uh, lawyer environment but but in fact I, I think law is pretty interesting because you can connect it to any to basically anything and uh, I was studying and I was in a banking um, banking law but also new technology so this was my uh, this was my topic of the studies and I was actually implementing uh, Polish regulations for 
for uh, internet payments at the time. So, so it's, it is pretty closely connected to technology. So uh, yeah, so that's it. But in the meantime, I, I, was, uh, I started EdWeb on the first year of my, my uh, studies. Oh, program. nice. Yeah, so and I was I also had a software house. I was working at the software house uh, first, then I uh, then I run some projects within software house that was growing pretty big. Then it failed uh, during the the 2009 uh, crisis because we were mostly working for banks. Uh, so you but, mean the software house? The software house. Yeah. Uh, and you were just and you were just working there. I mean, you were just a, an employee, or were you founding? Were you? Did you have some equity yeah. in that? Yeah, I had like. We, we were we were launching different businesses together also because uh, I feel that from the beginning I, I had this like uh, entrepreneurial um, a spark in me and uh, I didn't want to work there for like a salary from the start I, I I said that okay I can help but I want to have some equity in the projects and I have to uh, be involved I don't really need to, you know uh, to earn a salary uh, instead i i just want to help out and and do my best and this is this has always worked for me like that i've never worked for anyone else for a fixed salary so um yeah so this is the the the, uh, the web started here and few of my different other projects started and failed during my studies and um and from there it was only web like i focused on that platform for maybe five, five or six years and then different projects okay and you were on your own Sorry, you were on your own. You were doing that on your own. Edward, you were doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, if yeah. we flip, flip back a couple of times, you mentioned you had you. You think you got the entrepreneurial spirit, and just like when you were, if you could like try to define what that means, and also like rolling back to your teenage years, did you have any kind of role models? Like, what, I don't know, where your family and business, or did you look around and see what other people's lives were like and think, hmm, that, that, I want to be that. Because so, sometimes people say it's born, sometimes people, in, like it's in your genetic makeup, other people say it's the environment, and sometimes it's a reaction against the environment. You know, dad is a professor, yeah. you know, mum is working for the government, and people say, I do not want to do what they do. So it's, it's like it's sometimes, could you talk a bit about the influences, and maybe did you have siblings, like brothers or sisters, who were doing no. different things and you didn't want to be like that? Uh, no, it's just me, and uh, I don't think I uh, I um, look at my yeah my, my mom uh, she she was a teacher and my and my dad he uh, he was like um, he was a manager like he was managing um, uh, hotels and basically um, uh, I I don't think I I looked at that at the time and I don't think there was a single uh, thing that inspired me but this has to be I think in my case this has to be like genetic because as far as I can remember i've never wanted to work for anyone else and i i started my ventures even you know me saying that i went to work for a software house but i said yeah but uh, to be honest i don't want to work with you uh, like for you i want to work with you and uh, i don't care about salary but uh, this is something that interests interests me but at the time there there was not many role, role models uh, for me uh, probably not um tech or oriented culture in poland as well so i didn't have like now you know everything is is out there and you can go ahead and inspire yourself uh watching different people and you know twitter there was nothing like that i was just like reading a lot of books but those were mostly biographies um and uh, not business books as you say and i yeah i i do avoid like you mentioned i, I probably do avoid word business 
I, I don't know why, but it's like uh, it's a dirty word for you. It's a dirty word. Your, your parents would discover what you do and they would be sad. <laughs> Did they push you in any direction? Did you have like a sense of because quite often, you know, Polish parents can be quite I mean, it sounds like middle class, middle class Polish life, right? You weren't rich, but you weren't poor. You were somewhere yeah. in the in, I had everything. Yeah. Uh, and you know that's that's also you know we've got a lot of international listeners and they don't know Poland and they you know there's a certain class in Poland where people have real hardship they're not like starving but it's tight at home yeah. it's tough and then there are other people who are like they're quite comfortable and you know sometimes around the world people don't realize like normal life in Poland is kind of okay now it's not it's not like a yeah. struggle so you, you didn't you do you weren't like you don't sound that driven to be like rich for example with eduweb you could have made more money building a bigger organization but yeah. you didn't want to because you, you yeah. want to do other things so so it wasn't like you're driven to have tons and tons of money but maybe no, obviously uh, not no <laughs> no i i don't rem remember myself thinking about money at all and throughout my career as well so maybe right now it's more like people have this uh, money oriented goals but for me it was always just you know fun and uh, and also hard work but uh, if you do something really good then the money comes and, and it's exactly sure. exactly yeah. it's just it's really a scorecard it's not really a it should not be the goal itself it, it comes if you've done something successful in your projects <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then there'll be lots of money coming <laughs> there'll be lots of money coming so, so maybe yeah. it's about it's about the. Are, are you competitive though? Do you play any sports? Do you like if you play a game or do you play any board games or physical sports? And how do you feel about winning and losing when you're doing that? Yeah, I don't think I'm I'm too more, too competitive. I used to do a lot of sports when I was younger, like uh, all my childhood and uh, and teenage life was uh, about sport and different different but different ones. I've never focused on. Like, you know, I want to be the best at footballs. I and mean, I just like I was doing every everything, probably every sport you can imagine. I was playing and I was playing like at the good level, but not the professional or not the club level. So, yeah, I love sports and I love training. But but basically uh, it was not like about competition and, and winning them all. So I'm not competitive at all. I, I don't look at competition i don't check competition i think competition is actually for for losers if you are outside of sports uh, but if you are in it it's for losers it's for people who are you know just like i don't know it, it can bring only bad feelings for me when i when i struggle to you know just follow someone i think inspiration is great but competition is, is I, really I think that greg i think that that's really interesting actually because we what you're saying is you focus on yourself and what you can control and don't worry about the external don't worry about the external environment because i think that that i think you're absolutely right i think a lot of people i don't know if i would call them losers because there's a shot there's a shitload of losers out there losers, but, yeah. not your problem i agree <laughs> but, but so it, no and no but i actually know some like uh, like even billionaire losers, let's put it that way. So like, it, like it's hard to call them losers. You know, but from sorry that, for that. that is, <laughs> exactly. But I do actually agree with you. Like, and I'm always looking for. You know, we mentioned this podcast is we try to inspire people and we want people who are thinking about getting into business. And I do think this is a really, really good lesson. Is look, you can't control what other people do, but you can control what you do. So stop focusing on external environment on the external environment and focus on what you need to do to get better and to do your business better to make yourself better and all that and 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 and, and that is interesting. Um, you you strike me and I don't know I don't want to go too deep into any like psychological whatever stuff but like you're not competitive but you 
you're very self-confident. I would say you're very self-confident because just the idea of like, I'm going to go in, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm not going to work for anybody else. You know, yeah. and again, this might not be something that you can answer because like if somebody asked me the same question, I, I'm quite self-confident as well. And I probably wouldn't be able to say, I, I guess you have to go into your childhood or something like that. But where does it come from? Because it, it no, because it is something. Okay. Um, it's something that I that, that I think comes through a little bit here. And I'm wondering, do you have any reflection on that? Yeah, I, I like to push myself to the to, to some some limits that basically I I uh, think that are important for me. So it might be you know pitching my startup in Silicon Valley. It might be you know any other adventure that I I I, I tell myself okay. That would be cool for me. I want to do it, and I just go ahead and you know book the ticket and do it because I want to like. It's not like the comfort zone thing, but uh, it's it's something. Yes, that, it is. That drives That's good. Me. Pushing. Mm -hmm. But it's but it drives me. But but also I think the confidence just really comes from hard work and knowledge that I gained on the way. So basically, I'm pretty confident because I I, I feel that I know the stuff. So I had this privilege that I've worked in like many different fields in IT. So. You know, I've been a programmer, I've been making websites, but I'm also interested in blockchains and I run a few projects. I was a manager, I was managing people, I'm managing people now, I'm doing a lot of marketing and research. And I'm, and I, I basically, throughout the years, I've learned all those things and um, I've never focused on one thing like sports, like I mentioned. But so I'm not the best programmer you can find, but I can code everything probably. It will take right. me longer. So I, I just, I, I'm just willing to outsource it. But uh, I think the confidence partly comes from there. I feel that I, I've worked hard enough to just get the get the knowledge, and and this is this is why. And yeah, this is the drive probably. So you're like a solid. You're a solid generalist. Mm. Yeah, and I do believe in generalists as well. Yeah, yeah. But but but, but obviously, I, mean, I think I, mean, I you know this isn't meant to be like an interrogation, but obviously it can't have always been like that. You know, you do now, but you were quite self confident when you were 21, saying to the software house, "I don't want to be an employee." So there's yeah. something else where it like maybe it's just you had great parents, or maybe it's a genetic again. They just like let you. They, they, they didn't make you worry about failure. Because I think one of the things that I notice is that quite often competitive people are quite insecure. And, you know, actually it's about, you know, they want to win because they don't feel so good about themselves. And entrepreneurs who are successful get very good at handling rejection because you know, and you must know this, I assume you, not all your projects, your ventures work, and it doesn't knock you down. You know that in order to find out if it's a good idea, the only way to find out is to do it. So were you good at handling rejection and were you... And where did it come from before you knew your stuff? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it, it drove me a little bit if if I see that I can't do something or I can't work for on something that uh, that would even drive me uh, mm. more to to do it. And I think the conf, you know the, con, the this obviously uh, was improving over the years. But I feel that even in my early days, I had uh, this like, conclusion that you know life is too short to just like worry about things that you have no like uh influence on and uh, i was just like you know trying to 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 get the result i'm re very result oriented person so so i think that this helps uh, also and yeah uh, it sounds cocky i know it's like i don't want to sound cocky it's uh but doesn't sound cocky to me okay <laughs> that's good <laughs> you know it's like um i don't know why 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 should i care i if you if you th this is the thing that people often um 
uh, have like the insecurities and, and stuff like that. But but this is this comes really from focusing on probably uh, wrong factors like like on competition. If you if if I focus on competition, I probably haven't started most of my projects because. I would be like scared of like competition crushing right. me or maybe there is uh, already someone in the field. I was just like, I had an idea and I, I don't care. You know, it's my yeah, approach. It, it, to we idea. say in English, ignorance is bliss. Yeah, that's it. In terms of competition, of course, but the other things you, you should learn hard. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to challenge the listeners. As, I, you sound to me like the sort of person, if you wanted to get into something new, I suppose you wanted to have an, I, you went to a squash club and the booking system was already crap and you thought I could make a yeah. better booking system. <laughs> then I think you're the sort that's of person who would idea. check out, you would check out the competitive yeah, landscape you wouldn't you wouldn't just plow in you you'd see because it's a good thing if other people are doing it is someone or would you or wouldn't you check out check it depends out. yeah but but the background check would be pretty fast I'm, I'm i'm i am this guy who basically uh splits everything into small bits and pieces when i when i uh, you know follow a car and uh, there's a, co- a company name on a car i want to check it out and what they do because maybe it's a uh, uh, you know, I, I want to check out everything and I seek problems everywhere. And um, that's maybe a curse, but this is uh, entrepreneurial, I guess. And and what I what I would do is I, I would obviously do a quick background check because if this uh, gym, for example, is using the this, the booking system that, that works really well and all the other gyms use it, it's probably not a great uh, piece of, you know, business. So, so yeah, obviously I, I'd have this check uh, in place, but I wouldn't, you know, obsess about it and... Mm. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, go and search for competition, and follow them, and you know, try to try to. Um, yeah, it's it's um, it's not really. Uh, I mean, you know, th- there are different cultures, and depending on people. Also, I think um, traveling like around the world shaped me a little bit, and I feel that if you are in like this in Poland and you grew up here and you'd never go anywhere, uh, it's it's really tough to to be entrepreneurial and to be open minded. When you travel a lot, I used to travel a lot to, to Asia or Indonesia, and I found people there who were just like giving me like super, like really different perspective on, let's say, competition. For them, competition is like the the highest um, and ultimate praise for someone. When when someone copies you, that's why there are so many copies of, of things in Asia and China and stuff like that. But but they don't, you know, think of it like, okay, I'm gonna just you know rip off the the copyrights from the person. Uh, they just want to be like them. They, they they just admire the project so that they want to copy that and uh, and maybe so 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 this is like uh, probably for someone this can be uh, bad for me. It's it's really good when when someone copies what I do. Uh, it's really an honor for me. You know, it's great. I just there's there's one thing I pick up. You, you mentioned you see a company on the side of a car and you just check them out, and I think that's really interesting because that that's a and just like. People listening who are interested in entrepreneurship, like anytime you see a vehicle with a company name on it, <laughs> the, there must be someone creating value. The, yeah. the, and just like, and, and what do you do? You then like you just quickly go on their website, figure out what they do and whether they're good at it, or and, and what do you do now? I'm, is it, this, yeah. I, you, there aren't many people I know who do that. I do it sometimes, not regularly, but sometimes if I'm curious, like what they do. Yeah. So, I ask a lot. I I ask a lot. Even like you know, at the reception desk, uh, I, I sometimes I ask, "What's the revenue of this hotel? What, what how is it like?" You know, it's it's crazy. People, uh, you know, think this is like uh, what? What are you talking about? But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's. I think when you uh, and if you want to solve problems, because for me it was every 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 time 
I, I start a business, I start from a problem and I want to solve as many problems as possible and I want to give value. So if you have this kind of mindset, the money is not important and then you have to ask many questions. Uh, mm. so, so this is probably this curiosity. You, you, you learn it, obviously, because I, I, I've, I've never been that guy, you know, from, from my childhood. But, uh, but uh, once you have it, uh, you basically... Uh, yeah, seek for an entrepreneurial adventure everywhere and ask many questions. So even uh, uncomfort uh, for, for people in Poland, it's really uncomfortable. So, for example, if you go to a car wash and you see the owner and ask him for for his uh, you know uh, annual revenue on the car wash and maybe how many cars uh, do they wash every day and every month, it's pretty weird. You know, you can you can get bitten or something. You know? <laughs> what, what's but, this? What's the most yeah. surprising? If can you give just an example of like something you discovered that's really surprising? Like you know, what is the revenue of a car wash? Did you like get some really amazing surprising yeah, information? Yeah. But can you give an example or a couple of examples? Yeah, you can. Uh, you, you can. I, I found people. I found a guy uh, selling mattresses uh, in Poland with a small shop with a crappy website, and I and I asked him, you know, th this website is so crappy. You aren't. You're not positioning yourself well. It's like it. It has to be like how much? How much? And and he said like ten millions. It's my revenue. You know. It's. I mean, like, uh, yeah. I sell. I sell ten millions of mattresses uh, worth in 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 Zlotis. It was like the website is crappy. The shop is small. And I don't know why, you know, so I have to dig deeper, you know, I have to like, okay, there's something about this. Maybe this is like a crazy niche that probably, uh, you know, it's a, it's a gold mine. Maybe this is something. Um, so I, I need to know the factor, like what, what, what drives it? What, what drives the success? And what, was the, what was the answer with the mattress guy? Was it money laundering? The mattresses were full of cash <laughs> and drugs or something? <laughs> no, it was just like a company who's, the, who's been there for 30 years and, and his father sold mattresses and he's selling mattresses as well. He has the supplier. Knows. I'll give you the answer. He has all the supplier contracts at the big hotels or whatever. He's got, a, he's got the big contracts. Yeah, on top of that, he has, he has a few contracts. Yeah. So, but, but, but mostly like it was mostly B2C, like, uh, maybe 60% really? of his revenue. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy, but maybe not many mattresses at the time in Poland. <laughs> it was a few <laughs> years ago. It was a few years ago. <laughs> Greg, I want to ask, I want to, Greg, I want to ask something you mentioned somewhere in the passing. So you were pitching, uh, so did you actually go to Silicon Valley and pitch or is that still on the yeah, list? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, what did you pitch? Tell us about that story. Yeah, I pitched uh, the education project that I think about. I, I'm still going to do it probably at some point. Uh, it's really, it's it's pretty innovative. Uh, it's it's like the university of the future and an uh, internet like the the um, because I was always driven by by the idea of um, of changing the landscape of ed education. I really care about that, and this is like deep deep in, inside. It's the the main uh, thing that I I want to do. So. Uh, around this, I have uh, many different ideas, and um, basically, I want to change the the, the landscape with technology. So th this is the the ultimate goal for me. I feel that technology can fill in many gaps, and that online education might be eventually so much better than offline education. But it's not right now. Uh, it's kind of broken, but I I don't like to say you know it's broken. Okay, it, it is the way it is. I know? think it's broken, and I'm very interested in this because <laughs> Richard and I have had this conversation ourselves just personally on our walks and stuff like that i mean this is a this is a actually very interesting topic for us and, and like well education in general but i mean i think that i think you're absolutely right and i think there's a massive uh i, I do think the future is going to be different and i think universities are mm -hmm. going to have to adapt or die 
Mm. Because what the current thing is, is just doesn't make any sense for anybody. I mean, what are we preparing yeah. um, our well, kids well, for? What are we preparing people for? What future are they being prepared for? It's just, just there's no yeah. logic between the two things. And, and, but Greg, you, you said that you never had outside investors, but you were pitching. So was this a project that needed more capital than you could possibly raise yourself? What, what were you actually offering? And maybe we can do this in the future. I mean, Kim's, yeah, I mean, Kim's, you, got, Kim's talking, got a lot of money. <laughs> you're, talking to two, you're talking to two guys who can invest. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Uh, no, I mentioned that because of, of the challenge that you, uh, you know, it was like, yeah, I've been to to, to SF. Like I, I, I used to go there, not, not the, the last year, but every once or so uh, I used to be invited for uh, for different uh, uh, conferences uh, I used to speak at Adobe Max uh, at the time uh, so I went to Vegas actually and then I went to San Francisco to meet some people just like see how it is uh, now it's obviously a bit different than it used to be uh, but uh, I've been there like to, to just you know I felt that I want to uh, I want to see the, the the thing and I felt that I've I've bootstrapped a lot and there is no challenge and bootstrapping for me anymore so okay maybe let's tackle the the, the different side and uh, and see how 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 could you like possibly is it possible to to get some money from VCs no it was not like uh, something that I I had a business plan and I'm willing to commit and it was just a challenge I want I wanted to challenge myself because basically no one I knew did it and I in Poland so I just said okay why so not? did you so, get any meetings did you actually meet yeah, yeah. any VCs yeah, I have. I, I, I had like, uh, uh, I think that a lot of money uh, on the table at, at the time uh, with only like uh, six or seven meetings probably. So, but yeah, I also know that it's not like working this, it's not it's not that easy, you know. Uh, there were things that uh, I was just like experimenting. That, that was one thing. The other thing, I really want to do it, but I didn't want to like commit for the, you know, I didn't want to go to live in uh, San Francisco at the time. And, and it, it was like, you know, just experimenting. So, so more of a, or more of a challenge, but I still want to do it. And uh, whether I'm going to bootstrap it or I'm going to just raise some money and probably for the project, like, like the scale that I want to do is, is it, it would involve uh, uh, just fundraising at some point. And uh, yeah, and the the idea is still the same. It's, it's changing the, the landscape through technology. Uh, we agreed it's somehow broken, and uh, we yeah, like you mentioned, universities of today won't be universities tomorrow. They will just provide maybe credentials. But then I, I'm a strong believer in Web three and blockchain and in all the like new technologies around it. So I'm 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 a fair believer in creating like. Uh, disruptive university that would be um, self-sustaining based on uh, like tokenized uh, where everyone gets to get the shares and uh, so 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 the, the, the main like there are many problems but I think at least uh, around me uh, one big problem of education is that people are, are underpaid and they are basically the, the uh, university workers who try to teach people stuff, but they don't really know much about that stuff. So, so it's pretty easy to, to, to fix that, right? So, uh, so you get the best people out there, like the outliers of technology. You, you give them... Mm -hmm. well, for yeah. me, one of the biggest issues is accessibility to education. And it's, there's, at least from an American perspective, there's a massive inequity. It's really you have to have money to get educated ultimately. And that just doesn't have to be the case. 
Um, yeah. You can really, you know, and, and, you know, you say you go to Harvard and the, the, the students who are the best students, but if you opened it up to the world, who would the best students be? They wouldn't be those people, yeah. <laughs> be other people. Yeah. So, but you know, that's that, 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 I think there's a, there's a big inequity to, to as well. There's a lot of aspects of it. I, of I'm, I'm with you on the, uh, on the, uh, it's a fascinating, uh, subject. It's a big, huge, massive yeah. <laughs> thing, but, uh, but no. yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, any, anyway, I, I'll just say, put a marker in now that I'm very interested in this this space. And you know, obviously, you don't you don't you don't do a deal on a on a light, on a podcast, but I'll certainly follow up and see. And, and even if it's just like because in the TED world and TED and TEDx world, there's a lot of <coughs> educate, and I teach yeah. and teach in some business schools and stuff. But I wanted to jump onto a different topic, which is you mentioned automation. That's how we first met because you were introduced to Magda to give her some mentoring advice about how to set up her organization. And she said, oh, this is guy and he's, he's saying I should automate everything. And uh, Keeman, I, I, it, I mean, I, I'm fully in favor of automation. Some of my businesses, we sell automation technologies, but physical automation, Keeman's always been obsessive about like if there's a process that can be automated within his business, you know, try to make things as efficient as possible. So can you, what, and like, rather than just describing what you do, which I'd like you to as well, can you also say why, why it's so important? Because not everyone out there really gets why automation matters so much. And so firstly, why is automation so important? And then a bit about what you're doing in the automation space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it, it, is, it is extremely important. It's the next big thing uh, in terms of um, all the like internet companies first, but all the other companies first. And uh, you don't have to overthink it like too much to just uh, picture like envision the future uh, like in 10 years. When you close your eyes, you see all of the like, ro uh, you know, uh, robots right now, Elon Musk presenting uh, the, the, the humanoids and, and all the... Uh, processes being automated like um, the code is now uh, being written like the github has the project where where you can basically code by just saying okay i want to have this app that does x and y so basically it's not hard to imagine that in five or ten years uh, the, the the tech landscape will be so much different than what we see right now and uh, this will be thanks to automation and due automation this will all happen happen with automation so uh, all the modern comp companies will have to um, will have to adapt automation, and I I, I am obviously a good uh, example of that because I've automated most of my of the things, and it enabled me to basically right now do different projects at a time because I have automation frameworks for everything, started from customer service, billing, and uh, you know uh, sales and stuff like that. I can automate that, um, and uh, and it runs on robots mainly, but. But then if you think of the regular businesses, uh, they, they will have to uh, follow this path as well because yeah, ultimately the competition will and, and they, they will crush them because it's so much leverage in, the, in, the, in automating the processes uh, that are manual labor. And, uh, and, and the leverage will drive the technology forward. The, the leverage will drive companies forward. But the ones that are lagging behind uh, will 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 be in a in, in really difficult position. So that's why I think it's important, because you don't want to compete. Basically, I used to always say that you don't want to compete with someone who loves what he does because it's it's pretty hard. It's hard as hell. You know, if you don't love what you do, it's it's you you better do because when someone does, it's a competition that will crush you. So now I used to <laughs> I used to say you don't want to compete with someone who out automates. 
their their business because it's it's the leverage that it's really it's like love to the business and um i uh i used to i automate a lot for the past two or three years i've automated like hundreds of processes around different aspects of internet businesses and uh, i found it really fascinating is it's not the, the typical approach that people know the, the rpa this is this sounds like the you know old school 90s and all the big companies that they maybe do can it, you but... can you explain what robotic process automation means for me, I, I, I'll give you my definition, um, because you 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 might have beautiful pictures of uh, of uh, of this around, uh, and uh, the, in practice, is basically a company who has a lot of consult consultants, and they go to different companies, they ghost people for like two or three months, so that they can you know get to know get to know the processes, then they write custom software uh, to handle these processes. So this and and then the so so the uh, so first they they have to get to know the the processes. It's three months or or five months or or half a year. Then for a year or two they write custom software and then uh, company has to m maintain the software and pay like a huge amounts of money for for like having this automation in place. When they want to change it, it's it's super difficult. That's RPA for me. Maybe okay, I'm not the best like. You know, a lot of people would disagree, but uh, this is how I feel it. Mm, to the contrary, you have really like, from my perspective, modern approach to automation, which is all the no-code tools and all the automation software that basically runs on the idea of API, which, uh, simple words, is that you, you have this API-first approach to desi designing software nowadays. So when you create software like we have right now like zoom okay zoom basically has the api that would allow you to programmatically call the endpoints call call zoom and say okay zoom i want to create a meeting at in in a week at uh, this and that time and you can do it programmatically it means that your robot can also do it you don't have to manually type in the interface and this is thanks to their api so zoom has an api with different endpoints w which you can call and you can basically do everything with zoom without even um uh, having to to go to Zoom's website, okay, and if you can do it programmatically, then your robots can do it as well. And this is the AP, API approach. So all of great software out there, they 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 do have an API. And my approach to automation is to utilize those APIs so that we don't have to write another software on you know for sending emails, for for uh, conferencing, for any task at hand. You can just use the best software out there for sending emails, you can use MailChimp, you can use SendGrid, you can use all the others, uh, Mailgun, all the other services that have this API. And basically what you do is you connect this to the, to the data that you have and uh, you can orchestrate um, a modern approach to, to, to automation would be to, uh, to, to automate all of, the, all of the things that people would otherwise do on the UI of the websites. So like if you want to send an email to your audience, what you what you're gonna do? You go to Mailchimp, you you sign in, you forget your password, you and whatever. Then you then you just uh, you have to select the audience, you have to write an email. So I'm not doing any of that. Uh, my robots will automatically generate the email based on the content that I put on my website. So for example, in in the um, uh, process of producting of of uh, launching the courses on AdWeb. Then we'll take some bits and pieces of the information that uh, are uh, the description of the course, and we'll create 
every piece of content uh, that we want out of that. So we'll automatically generate images that are YouTube covers and uh, social media images. Then from the, from the description of the course, we'll generate social media content like uh, you know announcements and stuff like that. And then the, another robot will automatically schedule that for, for the particular time. And I'm just click the launch button and, and it goes everywhere. Okay, so, so this is my approach to, to, to automation. I think that it's like so much better than writing your custom software because RPA is just custom software. Of course, they use, they use uh, software like UiPath and those are big companies, uh, but, but ultimately this is a lot of like manual work to, 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 to create that. And in future, I think that it will be all uh, like the, the meta automation will happen and you would be able to just uh, create an automation on top of automations so that you have one bot manager that will manage all of the different bots that that create so basically so basically you, you your your robots are like your minions in despicable me yeah. you're like grew yeah you're like grew yeah your minions right <laughs> i even look like this, bro. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but those are yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, there's a guy. Uh, I, I give a shout out to to Jill, and he he's great uh, guy who who made this uh, PDF book, um, Maker Minions, Maker Minions, and this is exactly that. This is like 100 ideas for automations uh, from like scheduling your meetings, uh, you know, uh, running uh, running a paid promotion on Facebook and stuff like that. And he did it on top of uh, Zapier. I think he used Zapier or maybe Integromat. Integromat is the software I use a lot. I think it's it's highly under underrated and undervalued. If you want to like invest in something, go ahead. And I think it, it, it's been bought. Um, uh, Celonis, actually a big company from Germany, bought uh, Integromat. But still, I think it's like uh, it will be huge in in few years. And I'm focusing closely on Integromat. But also, uh, you know different uh, software as well we, we use in automations. Yeah, I, I just bring it back to the entrepreneur stuff. Um, I think this is in, this is the essence. I mean, obviously that's, you know, if you're not technical, um, but you don't, it, you, the, the essence is still there. It's how to make, how to be more efficient, how to make, how to, how to do more with less. I mean, that's just the fundamental sort of spirit and essence of what you have to have to be an entrepreneur. And, and obviously taking that and then, you know, having the tech background, you know, basically you're combining multiple things. I mean, that's what's so interesting about entrepreneurship. And I really like when you called yourself a generalist because I actually feel sort of like I'm kind of useless. Like if I had to be, if, I, if I'm supposed to be like the best, I can't really do any one thing particular really well, but I can do a lot of different things. And, 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 and I think if you're running a company or if you're, if, you're, if you're creating something, it's having that broad background. And, and I have to believe that that broad background helps you with identifying yeah. let's say all these efficiency and all these automation spots because if you're deep in the weeds programming something you're not you, you don't see the big picture and, and and how all the pieces go together i think yeah i think you did a great a, a great job of explaining the sort of the, the big picture and and j just for people who this idea that don't compete with people who love what they do and don't compete with people who automate what they <laughs> they do obviously yeah. you get two people automating i think there's a great example i remember coming across someone who had a, a little allegro shop allegro is the kind of ebay of the ebay of uh poland and they'd got a it was this was a long time ago they had a dedicated computer that was plugged into the internet it had a printer connected in the printer there was a uh, sheets of paper that had an address label as well as an invoice and anytime they got an order it like basically produced all the documents they needed to ship 
and just compared to getting an, and if they didn't have that they'd have to get the email copy paste to a labeling thing print the label and it just was it wasn't like 20 percent faster it was like it was a hundred times faster <laughs> a thousand that literally took them I mean, it's almost infinitely faster because because it took them no work as opposed to five minutes is a big deal when you put it when you scale that across an organization so so can you i mean i'm really I'm, can you talk about your automatization.pl your automation.pl yeah. idea and is that working i mean it's because like i thought that's a really ambitious idea but will it <laughs> I, i'm being honest now i thought can he really train people to be these automation consultants so they get paid and he can pay them because it seemed like it's a great idea but i want it's always tested by reality and is it working yeah, I mean it's it's at the very beginnings um, still, but uh, hell yeah, uh, I can I can I can uh, make a next Accenture out of it because it's um, or or kick them out of the business because it's um... <laughs> Accenture is one of the biggest consulting companies <laughs> in the world, so you heard it here first, maybe. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. That, um, I mean, uh, it's like uh, the 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 idea for um, for Automatizovani. Actually, it's uh, it's a it's a brand that will do as Automatify.io uh, internationally, pretty pretty uh, soon. But the idea here is to teach people automation. So so like throughout the years, I've learned a lot about automation. I was like the guy digging this uh, the this whole thing up. I, I used to. I did a, a lot of no code, uh, and and this is like this is game changing. As I mentioned, it will enable people to just create businesses without technical knowledge. Now, only 0.3 percent of um, of people uh, in the world can can code, but but it will change in two or three years. In two years, you'll be able to say, okay, I want to build an app that does X and Y, and through the voice interface, there will be AI uh, below that will create an app for you, and that's it. You know, it, it won't be it won't be difficult anymore so all the creative people who has the ideas and want to just test out the ideas will be will be enabled to do it thanks to automation and no code so i think it's pretty big i i i know and i know that for sure because i've automated a lot of this internet business that i have and i have a lot of frameworks and automation um, uh, blueprints that that uh, that i run so I decided to, okay, and I, I was pretty excited about that, telling this to different people from different companies. And they were always like, holy shit, can you do it for me? You know, it's, it's so great. Can you like automate my stuff? And at, at one point I said, okay, why not? Why don't we have this, this uh, agency business, you might say, but I'm calling, it, I'm calling it automation house, like software house, but it's automation house where you can get the software so much faster and you don't have to, like uh, uh, the, the uh, software business has a lot of issues right now. For example, for people starting out when, when they want to launch their startups, but, al but also for bigger companies, there's a lot of problems. Basically creating a simple MVP of, of, uh, of an app is like super expensive. It takes a lot of time. And I think the world will fix thanks to automation and, and uh, this no-code stuff. So, so that was the beginning of this project. And now uh, I'm at the stage when I'm trying to train people because because uh, most of the time when I try to, you know, it's a, it's a groundbreaking technology. No one knows it. Basically, I don't have any, any people who could work for me uh, so that I can post a job, job you know, offer and, and then people will come and they, they, didn't, they don't know the stuff. You know, it's like super early. So I decided to teach them and uh, I have pretty big following in Poland. So, so uh, I'm also putting the stuff out, showing, showcasing the automations. 
so that from there I get the recognition and probably uh, a lot of clients that they they uh, they ask us a lot about uh, automating their stuff. And now I need people to work for me, so I just create a program that will teach them uh, everything about automation. Last year, I had over 600 people on my on my different programs. From those people, I'm creating a community, and this community is basically uh, people who know who know uh, the stuff. I can I can source my uh, agency business, like consulting business, uh, from from uh, those and. Uh, yeah, and now we're gonna just uh, m make it even even more like organized, and uh, we already have few big clients. One of them being Allegro. Actually, you mentioned Allegro, so we automate stuff for them. They're a stock company now, and uh, uh, I see a huge potential in that because like people uh, really really uh, need this for their companies, but. But the problem I found is there is no people that I can hire, so I have to train them. And uh, yeah, and the organization that I'm going to create is pretty like unusual because I wanted to do it like headless. I I don't have uh, that much skill in managing people, so I wanted to do it like differently. So I'm thinking about some kind of like a franchise model and headless agency when I where I. Um, uh, get the contracts, but then uh, I have uh, a lot of automation blueprints and all the knowledge and programs and community that will fuel the company underneath, and that's the idea for now. <laughs> for now, at least. And and so and just because okay, so and it's a it's a very inspiring idea because you're creating and it'd be very hard to compete with because if you've got the know-how of how to train people and competitors, people who want to compete with you don't, then it's going to be hard and everything can be copied but it's going to be hard to, it's going to be quite hard to copy um but what stage are you at you you've trained six and those 600 people all paid the 5000 swadi to 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 do the course and yeah. now how many of those have got revenue as a result because your your idea was you can you can make the money back after you're trained right i remember that on your website yeah. Uh, this is this is quite new. Um, actually, this is for the program that launches this month. And uh, for this program, we have 100 people um, uh, that that will just learn how to like ins and outs of automations in 10 weeks. Probably in 10 weeks, from from a person that knows like nothing about this, you can you can be our employee, and you can earn quite substantial amount of money comparing to like tech and even tech industry. So. So basically, this is like uh, this is compelling offer, and we're gonna probably uh, we, we are doing this uh, for the first time in this model. Uh, on top of this, 100 people who basically paid us for the program, we're gonna uh, open the program for people who will just uh, uh, will offer the the program for free, but then uh, they will have to just just work for us for for the fixed amount for the fixed period of time. And uh, the, the obviously we we have some tests, we have some uh, you know homeworks for them, and they have to do well in all of that to be able to get get the job. Uh, but uh, this is how I want to fuel the, the the next generation of employees for our automation agency, and uh, this is already happening. So, so you ask uh, how how is it going? So uh, I have the community of uh, over two thousand people right now. And uh, we also have uh, three people hired in the agency. Like it's it's pretty small, but we have a few clients. Those are big companies, and uh, maybe ten or fifteen other sm sm smaller clients. But this is the the um, uh, stage that we used to learn. 
So we also do, because it's me and Adam, uh, we, are, we are partners in this automation house. And, and basically this is all, all also learning for us. So we go to companies with Adam and we try to automate the stuff um, ourselves at first so that we can learn and probably, you know, in, in, in most companies you have the same processes. You have, you, have, uh, you, have, you have to sell the product, you have to market the product. So this is all the same, but everyone is doing that differently, you know. And uh, there's no point in that. You can create automations that are pretty much universal and they handle the stuff pretty well. So we are doing uh, the, the, the packages right now. So we're creating the packages like the sales packages. And, and if you are in like maybe an insurance agency and then we go to you and we automate everything that, that, we, that, that, that will um, help you in your work, then we create a package out of this. And what we do is, uh, is we, um, we, 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 we give out this package to, to our future employees after the program and they will go and automate every single uh, insurance agency in Poland, right. around the world, and stuff like that. So that's the idea. You, uh, this idea, a friend of mine, um, he went to a boot camp in San Francisco, and he uh, he never knew how to program or develop or anything like that. And and they have these very intense. It was very expensive. But it was very intense. But it was a, like you were what reminded me of it is when you said like it was and like I think one of the marketing lines was like we're guaranteeing you, you know, if you can complete this like a six figure salary. Um, and it was true. I, he ended up getting yeah. a job at Tesla and, and it, but it was very hard to go through was boot camps. So it was like 18 hours a day for I don't know, like four months or something like that. He had to do like this intense thing. But the, just the idea of we can give you a profession and we can give you a high paid profession or a well-paid profession, whatever you want to call it. I think that's a very uh, compelling, if you can do it, yeah. if, if you're, if you can do it, I think that's a really compelling thing. Um, so I'd like to uh, ask just like shift it around a little bit. And I know I'm a little bit conscious of the time or would you consider yourself a rule breaker? Do you follow the rules? Mm. No, you'd have to know the rules first to follow them. <laughs> Uh, I'm just ignorant, probably, but uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's. Or were uh, you a rule breaker? Or let me ask a different question. Were you a rule? Okay, let me ask an even different question. When the when the red light stops, that says don't walk, and there's no cars coming, do you stand with the herd of people, or do you go across the street? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's more an English attitude here. In England, they, they, you know, they can go, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, in general, uh, I just, uh, yeah, I think I don't care. I'm, I'm not uh, breaking anything, but on purpose, I just don't care. Uh, it's like uh, when I, when I figure out that something has to be done and there is value, like the, the very core of everything I do is value. So once you have that in place, I believe that uh, you know no rules can stop you because it's being honest with yourself and everyone else. So if you give out value <clears> to people like I do with the automation program, I don't cheat, uh, I don't lie to them. Uh, they will get the job, and this will be, uh, and and this is disrupting disruptive because they can uh, land in land a tech job. This also came from um, from my my experience on Edweb. So I I um, discovered we have a lot of people learning in our puffs. Okay, and. I have a lot of data on how they do, on how uh, how fast they acquire the, the knowledge and stuff like this. So, so it's pretty uh, quick that you can discover that people, like most of them, won't be programmers, won't be developers. 
it's not meant to you know it's they want to because they've heard that you know there is like right. uh <clears throat> but it's yeah, not it, in their ability they're not in their skill no, set or abilities no yet. no no and and what you can offer them instead I, I wonder okay what i can give them instead because uh there's a lot of you know things you can do in tech but uh not necessarily to be you know coding all, all day long and this is no code this is no code and automation so this is like the solution for all the problems uh, because because they can be developers but they don't have to write code themselves and this was like partly uh driven by the, the the need that i had to like address those people you know to 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 um g give them an opportunity to also work in it and learn from adweb so yeah that that's also the something that drove me hmm just thinking what 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 haven't we haven't we covered as as Kimon Kimon mentioned uh, we're coming coming to the end of our time so any idea where you're going to be in 5 or 10 years time and also is there anything that went badly wrong in your life cuz like at one level someone could listen to this shit this guy Greg everything went perfectly for him he's having fun he's making money he's doing what he wants to do were there any like bad things that happened to you that you had to overcome or has has has, has your life been like always kind of just exactly as you wanted it you know it's it's not that they 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 haven't happened there's a lot of like uh you know uh things that that went wrong but I don't uh, focus on remembering them. I, I, I've, le I've probably learned a lot on the way, you know, by uh, some mistakes I made. But, uh, but there's nothing that, you know, is, is hurting me. I think that, for example, I made this, this AdWeb business. It's pretty, it's pretty rough to do a business in Poland, especially like maybe eight years ago. Or, uh, it's like, uh, it's pretty rough because people, they, they, they are in Poland, in Poland, they are honest, like, like really honest, you know, the, the way uh, you don't want them to be honest. Like, uh, uh, so, so uh, I, I, I got a shitload of, you know, uh, uh, when something went wrong, you know, we, we were meant to be live and something broke. The technology, you know, the live technology is still not ready, but 10 years ago we were doing lives and boot camps and stuff like that. So, so cohort-based courses, we were doing everything like that. So, so when, when something went wrong, we, we had like a shitload of comments, you know, uh, hate and stuff like that. So I think that it kind of shaped me. Uh, I learned to overcome this when you, when you get the specific amount of, of this, you, you, you just don't, don't care that much anymore so uh, i don't think that th there were plenty of things that went wrong but uh, i turned them into something that you know it's my it's learning it's it's uh, shaping me and it's okay it's okay to be wrong it's uh, when you when you try you're going to be wrong it's okay it's okay <laughs> mm -hmm. and and for the future obviously you got these i'm like this automation thing could be yeah. really and you mentioned you could just you could mm -hmm. put a, a center out of business and like I think the ambition to do it without scaling your organization might be a little unrealistic, yeah, yeah. but maybe maybe you can. But like, if you're ready to have quite a few employees and like hire professional, you know, hire yeah. ex Accenture guys who know about who've got the relationships with the yeah. with the big global company. I mean, that that is a track you could take, but that might get in the way of disrupting the world of education, <laughs> university education. Like, so how are you yeah. going to make your mind up, or you know, what, what where are you going to be in five or ten years? Do you have any idea? Uh, no idea. It's it's uh, I'm in the place right now where I where I'm having fun uh, with what I do, and I decided like a few years ago that I won't do like anything that doesn't bring fun. And obviously, it's like a cliche. It's like something that obviously I have to do many different things that are not uh, as fun as I I'd expect them to be. 
with uh, all, all connected with running the companies and stuff like that. So, so, but basically, I try to focus on the things that really, really um, are fun for me. I try to have like the the list of things that will bring me joy and uh, neglect all all the other things. So I'm in the very, I try to be in a very good and happy place for me today. And I'm not picturing myself in five years. Although I have like a big, bold goals that I, that would be cool uh, to execute on. So, so this is something that drives me, but in five years, this, this can be so much different. So for, for now I'm focusing, I'm running 12 different projects at a time. So it's only me and robots and some co-founders and a bunch of people who are crazy enough to help me. And, uh, and we, we, we are running like 12 projects and they are all profitable businesses, okay? So they are all profitable and they, they, uh, they are really cool. And I love like, right now I love exploring new things. So I'm uh, in blockchain right now and I'm thinking of, okay, how, how can we make this Web3 environment with the, with the education project? So I'm learning a lot and I'm trying to do what really excites me because because this is a huge leverage, leverage, like automation and loving what you do, like two things, if you combine them together, <laughs> okay, uh, that's checkmate. So, so, so basically the, now I'm at the, the, in, uh, the point of my business life and, and, and work life is I have a lot of things going on because I don't want to miss an opportunity. But once I see that something has this like, uh, you know, hockey, hockey stick growth, uh, one of my projects, because I plant many seeds, I, I might I might be going that uh, that way so like leave everything else focus on that uh, entirely and just you know execute on that um, maybe raise some money because that's a challenge for me that I haven't haven't done in my life so so probably that's something that will interest it's on the me list as well. yeah that I'm, I'm hungry you know it's it's I'm still um, uh, I feel that I still can do like maybe two or three or four four projects it's it's uh Something that that really excites me. I, I start uh, small projects right now. Like every three months, three months or so, uh, I start a new project. Right now, we started an um, uh, like just yesterday. We started an um, easycard.pl that is a checkout, a one-click checkout based on Stripe uh, with subscription. It's for Poland right now. It's for creator economy in Poland, and uh, that might be the next. Uh, thing that i'll focus on if i see that you know that there is a huge potential there and it probably is so so basically now i'm spread around different things but uh in five years i might be doing just you know the next version of uh of uh the stanford online and uh and that would be it. yeah so b before we wrap please do send us a list of all those project those 15 businesses just we'll put it in the show notes because i'm sure some people are going to be curious and if there are any other i mean my data came from a couple of websites and your linkedin but um you know if there are other places people could go to find out more about what you do just send me a one pager and we'll help publish put that into the show notes um sure. it's been a really interesting and unusual conversation i think that possibly for those listening they might figure out maybe in five or ten years time greg Grzegorz. Rook, rog or rook, rook, rook. Rook. It's in rook. Polish. It's rook, but rook. Uh, yeah, it's impossible to pronounce. For but you, you're do, doing qu quite well, well. But we speak Polish, by the way. Um, and, and also, is your automation business available in English yet? The the, the new one is, or are you just focusing on Poland for now? Uh, not yet. So I'm doing that in Poland right now. Uh, but once I uh, once I do it, uh, once I launch the program in Poland and it's successful, and I learned 
a lot on the way. I'm going to translate it. And I'm already translating a lot of materials into English so that I'm going to like in the next uh, half year probably run this uh, on automatify.io. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'm going to run a program as well. And, uh, and, and uh, now for the automation house, we are also... We, we also have a few clients from, from abroad, so we're not focusing on, on Poland. Great. Well, it's been fascinating. I, I, I'd, like, I, I'd like to thank you personally. I think it's really, thank you for sharing your vision. I think our listeners will be quite uh, curious and inspired and want to follow what you're up to. And I'll just hand over to Kimon to make any closing remarks and uh, thank everyone. Well, you, you, did say one, you did say one thing. In the, <clears throat> sorry. There was one nugget in there that I think is important again for entrepreneurship and it's about short-term memory um, and it works both ways. You said you don't remember your, you don't focus, yeah. you don't remember your failures or the things that went wrong. But I bet you, at least in my case, I also don't really do focus too much on my successes either. Uh, it's basically I'm focusing on now and the future and, and, and I get the sense it's the same with you. And also if somebody were asked me, what are you going to do in five or 10 years or whatever? Yeah, you can give some bold whatever comments. But the truth is, you're just, you know, yeah, I mean, not many of us have these long, I mean, Elon Musk clearly has like get to Mars, whatever, do like all this stuff. He's got these big, yeah. big plans. Yeah. But, and most <laughs> of us are not like operating like on that scale of, uh, of planning. Yeah. And so um, you're just trying to, you're looking for, you're being opportunistic, you're looking for your best opportunities, uh, and then you're going to move based on you know, what the landscape is, you're going to be nimble, because that's what you are, is you're nimble, you're able to adjust to whatever, to whatever's coming at you. So I think that's that, that I, I thought that was an interesting thing. And that people should know when they think about it. Because I mean, I think people I think that holds people back big time, is their fit, you know, yeah. they, 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 they think, Oh, my God, I screwed it up. Or, yeah, or they're like, Oh, I'm freaking awesome. I'm awesome. I'm the best because I did something. Both of those <laughs> yeah. things are both of yeah. those things are wrong. Just be in the middle. Yeah, just be in the right. middle. There is like you can have, yeah, but it happens to everyone. You can have 100 positive like comments and then one negative and then you're going to yeah, and that they one. go Exactly, they collapse. Yeah. Anyway, let me yeah. start the wrap up here. Uh, like to thank uh, everybody for taking the time. It's been an hour plus listening. I think it's been fascinating. Uh, definitely, definitely a good listen today. Um, thank my daughter, Magda Fantakita. She does the graphic design and the video editing for this. And uh, we have an intern, super intern, I like to call her, Magda Buis. Who you met? You met Magda. You met. All right, and you know Magda. Oh, yeah. So she's a super intern. She works yeah, for. Yeah, she's, she's great. I don't even know how. I keep calling her 17. She may have turned 18 by now. So she's whatever. She's very amazing. young, and she's yeah. very. She's got a bright and upcoming future. Obviously, everybody at MBN for uh, they, they, they produce all this they make the sound the glitches and all the things come out so it sounds really nice uh, when it comes out in podcast format um, and so if you liked it please subscribe at MBN YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts comment share like love and Jeshik Jagosh Greg thank you so much for joining I was fascinated to hear about you and most importantly your minions you and your minions are going to take over the world so uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for taking the time to, uh, to join us today. Thanks a lot, guys. It's been a blast. Thank you.